Good morning. Our reading is from the Matthew chapter 10. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly, I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Sharon. You may be seated. Sometimes a poem strikes me just right. In the midst of the pandemic, I remember reading a poem called Small Kindnesses by Danusha Lamares and thinking, this is exactly what I'm missing the most in these homebound, keep to yourself, COVID bubble kinds of days small, holy moments of interaction with others, even people I don't even know. The poem goes like this. I've been thinking about the way when you walk down a crowded aisle, people pull in their legs to let you by, or how strangers still say bless you when someone sneezes, a leftover from the bubonic plague. Don't die, we are saying. And sometimes when you spill lemons from your grocery bag, someone else will help you pick them up. Mostly, we don't want to harm each other. We want to be handed our cup of coffee hot and to say thank you to the person handing it to smile at them and for them to smile back, for the waitress to call us honey when she sets down the bowl of clam chowder, and for the driver in the red pickup truck to let us pass. We have so little of each other now, so far from tribe and fire, only these brief moments of exchange What if they are the true dwelling of the holy? These fleeting temples we make together when we say, here, have my seat, or go ahead, you first, or I like your hat. Here ends the reading. Who knew that a brief encounter with someone who likes your hat could be the dwelling place of the holy? But it's true, isn't it? We've all experienced these unexpected God moments, sometimes when we're in deep conversation with a dear friend who has an unexpected insight, and other times with a complete stranger in our midst who reacts with kindness as lemons spill out from our grocery bag. It's weird how many of these seemingly insignificant moments I remember, and perhaps that's because they're far from insignificant. 
I'll never forget this small thing that happened to me on my third day of work at Methodist as a chaplain. I was having this morning, you know the kind, everything was going wrong, my whole house had overslept, the kids missed the bus. When I finally got on the road to work, there was an accident and a backup. And to add insult to injury, when I got into the parking garage, I took a wrong turn and ended up going in these endless circles in the hospital parking lot. I was gonna be late on my third day of work and I hate to be late. As I grabbed my heavy bag and rushed in from the parking garage, I noticed from a distance a nurse in scrubs who was just holding the door to the hospital wide open, just for me. She looked weary after a long night of work. Her ponytail was messy, her mascara was smeared, but with warm eyes and a knowing smile, she said, you are coming now so I can leave. It was such a simple gesture, such a simple welcome into the building, and yet such a profound gift for me to receive this notion that the two of us were somehow connected in the work of caring for others by a power so much beyond ourselves. These fleeting temples, as the poet calls them, are all around us when we have the eyes to see and the hearts open to receive the unexpected gift of another. Be it as unremarkable as a door held open wide for a harried mother of two or a cup of cold water offered to a stranger on the front stoop. In our gospel this morning, I believe Jesus is giving us the language to help us understand what these God moments are all about. He says, essentially, when someone comes to you unexpectedly with a message or a posture or a word of abundance or grace or mercy or welcome or peace, receive them. Receive the message just as you would receive me. Because, and this is the important, bit, the important bit, whoever is visiting you has been sent by me. They've been sent to you to teach you something or to help you heal or to help give you comfort somehow. They have been sent by Jesus, and they bear the image of Jesus' face. We are, in the words of Hebrews 13:2, entertaining angels all around us, if only we can see. So let me step back a minute. Our text this morning is a continuation of the story that Beth McGrew King preached about a couple of Sundays ago, um, where Jesus is preparing his disciples to go out in mission. Jesus warns the 12 that they may or may not encounter welcome, 
as they go house to house performing healing in Jesus' name. And Jesus is preparing them for hardship, for persecution, for conflict. And still he is telling them that they have to share his love, that to share his love rather, they will have to take risks. They will have to be vulnerable. They will have to rely on the generosity and welcome of others. And can I just say that it is so easy to read these words of Jesus and as a white, middle-income, educated Christian in the United States declare, I am so the disciple in this story. I am so the one who is sent to share the gospel. I am so the one called to share my wisdom grounded in the love of Christ my gifts of time, my gifts of talent, and financial resources. And we are all called in this way, of course, each one of us in our own way, and that's not my point. But as Debbie Thomas writes, we, the white Christian church, are so accustomed, and perhaps too accustomed, to being the privileged ones who benevolently benevolently extend welcome and generosity, charity, hospitality to others less privileged than ourselves. It is deceptively easy to associate ourselves with the disciples in this story and not the people on the receiving end of Jesus' ministry. But what if... What if Mount Olivet Lutheran Church of Plymouth, we flip this passage on its head and imagine that we are the ones Jesus has sent his disciples out to teach, to heal, to comfort in his name. Imagine living at the time of Jesus and hearing a knock at the door of your humble abode and finding there disciples of Jesus proclaiming the good news with no money in their belts, no bags for their journey, no tunics on their backs, nor sandals for their feet. Imagine for a moment how you might receive them. With skepticism, with fear, with attention, with vulnerability, with openness to their message, and a cup of cold water for their journey with all of the above. Dear ones, even as we are called to take on the posture of an image bearer of Christ, we are equally called upon to receive and welcome those who have been sent to be our teachers and our healers and our sources of comfort. And the good news is that Jesus sends disciples and prophets to live among us, to minister to the broken in body, mind, and spirit, and the broken includes us. So who has been sent out to be your teacher today? And how will you receive their message as a gift and their face as an image bearer of Christ. Amen.